Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. All right, everybody. Chuck Bonnie, Julie Hayden, The Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show. Truth straight up. That's right. The show brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture, and Chinese Medicine. So we have to start off the show with this. One of our favorite guests um, from Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer. Um, there's so much to talk to him about. We want to talk about the... Well, I had the thrill of meeting Robert in person uh, in Denver. He gave a great talk at a local synagogue, and it was just a wonderful night. Yeah, so Robert, thank you for your time once again today. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. So we've got German farmers. We'll get to them. We've got the Hooties. We'll get to them. We've got DeSantis. We've got the Tooties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you have a great column up in PJ Media. Um, Nikki Haley apparently has just revealing the horrible life of discrimination she's been facing. Oh, it's been tough. Um, and she couldn't even be in a beauty pageant in the 1980s. They wouldn't let her put a bathing suit on. That's right. Talk, talk to us about it. I mean, she's, I said she has Elizabeth Warren syndrome or something. She's a, but she has real Indian parents, Elizabeth Warren didn't. She's just making stuff up, I think. Oh, there's no doubt about it. She's absolutely making this up. She does have Indian parents, but she looks, you know, I doubt... Really that- looks darker in her when she gets a little sun. <laughs> I am 10 years older than Nikki Haley. Both of us were born in South Carolina. Both of us grew up in South Carolina. I went to school, public school in South Carolina, and there were people there who were just as darker, darker than Nikki Haley. Nobody ever gave them any trouble. There was never any problem. These were integrated schools. The, she's talking about the South of the 1940s or 50s that was long gone by the time she was born. And the most offensive thing that I thought about this article, I mean, Southerners get this all the time. You know, people think they're going to go, if they travel to Atlanta or Charleston, they're going to see segregated water fountains or something as if it's 1954. But the 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 fact is, that she said she couldn't even enter a beauty pageant because they didn't know whether to classify her as black or white. Now, this she was born in 1972. So yeah. the beauty pageant had to be in the late 1980s at the earliest. Now, that is absolutely ridiculous to think right. that there was a segregated beauty pageant in South Carolina in the 1980s. It would have been illegal. It would have been right. international news if she had been barred from this beauty pageant. It would have been a huge deal. There's no chance, absolutely less than zero chance, that anybody, if she ever entered a beauty pageant, would have cared what right. race she was or that she yeah, would but have. Robert, Robert, uh, this is her truth. Yeah, yeah. This is her truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her truth, which well, of course nothing think- to do with reality. I mean, and nobody buys it, right? I mean, Dinesh D'Souza was tweeting. He goes, I'm darker than Nikki Haley. I've never been. You know, I mean, it's why do you think she's out of the blue suddenly now pulling the, the race card as if that's going to convince conservative voters? And I guess maybe it is proving she's actually just a Democrat, basically. Yeah, she's, uh, I think, signaling maybe that uh, she wants Democrats to vote for her. Uh, she's certainly not going to win over the conservative base. She's actually going to alienate her own state's voters. 
who right. were told of always being accused falsely of racism. And the fact is that in New Hampshire primary, the, the Democrats aren't even having the primary. They're loading everything up for Super Tuesday. So they're just completely ignoring New Hampshire. And as a matter of fact, there have been, I believe it was the state Democratic Party, if I recall correctly, told the Democrat voters in New Hampshire to vote for Nikki Haley. Right, right. So showing them, hey, look, I, I'll play the race card. I'll play identity politics. I'm your girl. I'm your girl. Well, as, as, as a practical matter, New Hampshire has the same system as Colorado. And it takes you know, one day you just you just go to unaffiliated, you get a Democratic ballot and you vote, you vote, uh, you get a Republican, get a Republican ballot. ballot and then you just vote. Vote, vote for, for your Nikki. weakest candidate. And, and, and yeah, for the thing. Well, what about moving from that because to to De, DeSantis? What do you make of? I, I mean, I always anticipated he would drop out. I was kind of surprised at just that that nothing leaked. He just sort of dropped out. What do you make of that move? Well, I think that he did it actually to stop Haley. That he did it at this time. I mean, because now the DeSantis voters, if if they go along with him. And go with Trump. I know there's a lot of bitterness there, but he endorsed Trump. So if they go to Trump, then he has a better chance to overcome the Democrats voting for Haley in New Hampshire. If Haley makes a big showing in New Hampshire, she could end up gaining momentum. The Republican establishment wants her. The media wants her. And so DeSantis might have been thinking, this is the time now to stop her. And so he's trying to make sure New Hampshire goes for Trump. I kind of wonder, if, I mean, my guess is she won't ever drop out, that she and that kind of, you know, never Trump, neocon, Democrat, whatever you want to call her, wing of the wing of the Republican Party. Want to keep, well, I want to keep Trump busy. Well, yeah, I mean, th- th- there's this hope that, you know, he may fall off a cliff, he may get kidnapped by aliens, he may get sent to jail. I mean, you never know, I guess, is, I mean, maybe that's her campaign slogan. You never know. It could happen. I mean, do you, I mean, do you, do you think that or do you have any sense on that? No, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Trump is anything but a sure thing. Uh, they want to put him in jail. And if you got a major presidential candidate in jail, that is unprecedented in American history. There will be tremendous pressure upon him to drop out of the race. And so she's probably thinking that she's going to be the one poised to step in once he's disqualified. Right. Well, I mean, as we've talked about before, there's certainly president candidates who have been in jail and run from jail, including in 1920 the socialist candidate, and he won over a million votes. So it's a good tradition to run from jail. He was in Atlanta, in a segregated prison in Atlanta. Uh-oh. It's just never been that a major party candidate, much less an incumbent, I mean, a, a former president, has been running from jail. It would, I, I think everybody would be, a lot of people would be very spooked and thinking... You're getting a lot of black votes, I can promise you that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I got sent... From a from a reader, a lot of the New Hampshire campaign mailings that he's been getting in the mail for, over the last few days, and a lot of the Haley mailings said, "We can't risk it. Uh, Trump has too much liability and this and that. And if he if he's in jail or if he's uh, they get him some other way, then we have to have an alternative." Yeah, I think in that sort of thing. Let me jump now over to um, international stuff before we get to the, the what's going on in Europe, because I think that's really interesting. But the, the hoodies, right? What's 
that, I mean, I was saying the other day, do I have this right? So that, so like the United States gave billions of dollars to Iran, who then turned around and armed Hamas and the Houthis, who are now shooting at us. And so now we're shooting back at them. And they also gave billions to Saudi Arabia, or at least they bought a lot of things from us, who also bombing the Houthis uh, for years. I mean, it, it just seems like a weird sort of circular. It's all good for the armament industry. Yeah. That's all that matters. So what's going on there? Well, that's it. It's good for the military industrial complex. But yeah, it's crazy. Uh, one thing we have to understand is that whatever he says, Biden and his regime are not on the side of Israel. And okay. so they recently gave $10 billion to the Islamic Republic of Iran. That's the chief financier of Hamas and the Houthis. And so we are now financing the war against Israel while claiming that we're on Israel's side and that Israel is our ally. And this is all part of the Biden regime's determination to appease the Islamic Republic of Iran for whatever reason. I thought that it was about repudiating Trump, but it seems to be far beyond that. And the Houthis are just... They're just an arm of Iran. We're we're fighting the Houthis while pretending they have nothing to do with Iran. Really, it's all the same. And that's why he's going easy on the Houthis and just right. trying to show of this so as to look as if he's t- taking some decisive action. How much does it disrupt things, though? I mean, from what I understand, the Red Sea, that's a main cargo ship transport. I mean, how much is that disrupting sort of the the, the world economic order? It's a major disruption. There have already been ships, and every one of them, the Houthis count as a victory. There have already been ships that have decided to forego the Suez Canal altogether and go all the way around the Horn of Africa like they used to in the, you know, up until the Suez Canal was built. Wow. And this adds days and, and weeks to the trip, but it's safer because you don't end up getting shot at by the Houthis. How long will the Biden administration let that go on? I mean, is there pressure from other people? Because, I mean, if it's disrupting stuff and disrupting supply chains, which is going to make everything cost more, you know, Bidenomics, once again, not working. Is he going to be under pressure or is it just, I mean, do they just kind of periodically take pot shots at ships and we periodically shoot back at that? I mean, it seems kind of pointless. Yeah, that's actually been the case for uh-huh. the last years. But now because they're doing so much more of it, there is an international coalition against the Houthis, which ostensibly the United States is leading. And that's why the airstrikes were carried out against Yemen already. But they're far too little to stop. 75% of the Houthis' capacity to fire missiles was still intact after the airstrikes. So they were just largely for show. And, wow. and they've been bombed yeah. endlessly by Saudi Arabia in years past. Uh, mm-hmm. It made no difference, and and they're happy to be the sacrificial lambs. So quite honestly, it's one of the poorest places in the world. Um, and your sponsor wants you to go out there and fire the missiles. Well, they're going to fire the missiles. Yep, and the Iran is paying for all this, and yeah. they're paying for it with the money they got, courtesy of Joe Biden. It, it does, does do you think anybody at any of these meetings raises their hand and says, sorry, Secretary Blinken, like, so you guys gave them the money. I mean, does that ever get pointed out? Or is this the world of diplomacy now where everybody just pretends, you know, the hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil kind of thing? I don't know if any of our allies have raised it. They ought to have. Yeah. But I tell you almost certainly that nobody in the regime dares to utter a word because 
the Democrats have become remarkably authoritarian over the last few years. Yes, they yes. tolerate any dissent. You don't see people like Mitt Romney among <laughs> Democrats. They just all march to the same tune. They, I think they get threatened that the leadership tells them, you know, you want to be personally and as well as professionally destroyed than just dare to vote against the leadership. Wow. Well, that you know, the the uh, Biden administration gave six million dollars for the prisoners, but more importantly, they took off all the sanctions. Effectively, took off the sanctions, yep. which which means tens of millions are flowing into Iran uh, that we're not getting to them under Trump. Yeah, and after October seventh, he released ten billion dollars in oh, frozen funds. Okay. Ten billion. That's going to pay for a lot of missiles. Uh, yeah, it's like all over the place. Well, well Houthi people are going to be happy. Yeah, that's now that's, wants to survive the attacks. Now that's jumped to Europe. So the German farmers were protesting. I now see Poland. Um, I mean, what's whatever? Well, I, I mean, a whole bunch of farmer organizations. Dutch. Dutch, yeah. What's what's going on? And it seems to be effective. I mean, there nobody here in the United States, not nobody, but it's not getting a lot of coverage here. But what's the, what's going on over there? Yeah, it actually started in the Netherlands. And now it's gotten to Germany and France, and uh, I hope that it continues to spread. These are the farmers who are being targeted, really, as the first to have to suffer destruction of their way of life in order to appease this climate change madness. And the Dutch are going to close up. The Dutch government has decided they're going to close down all or most of the farms in, in the Netherlands and make the country entirely dependent upon food that's produced elsewhere because this is supposedly better for the climate. And so the farmers, of course, faced with becoming paupers or moving to the city and learning a new trade and, and, and in other words, giving up the way that they've lived and their families have lived for centuries, they have started to protest on a massive scale. Germany is the same thing. And I think it's going to come down to a showdown that people are going to no longer uh, uh, approve of this climate change mythology right. and demand that government policy must stop being made by these socialist internationalists on the basis of hysteria and fiction. Well, what's amazing about the Dutch, because it's such a small republic, it, it's incredibly great farming. I mean, they, they, they produce an enormous, they're the second or third largest producer of exporting food in the world. I mean, they're unbelievably large for their size. And so you decide to kill that off. Of course- Where are they going to get the food from Russia then? Are we going to get the food from Russia and China well, then? If, we, if if Western countries can't produce we can eat, agricultural well, products we'll start, anymore? We'll start growing crickets. Yeah. And, yeah. And crickets them. and bugs from China. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it is amazing. And at the same time, in Germany this last weekend, 1.4 million, according to the the, the uh, organizers uh, rallied against the alternative for Deutschland, AFD, um, all over. And, and it's amazing how all campaigns become the same across the world with the Internet. They're all protesting. We must protect our democracy. <laughs> and how do you protect your democracy? By not letting people vote for who they want to vote for. They want to yeah. ban the AFD, just like <laughs> want to ban Trump. I mean, it's just... The amazing view the left has of democracy. It's hard to protect democracy, Chuck. People don't understand. <laughs> yes. You can't have democracy uh, get out of hand by actually having people have a choice. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you, it sounds like, though, 
the green thing is starting to lose its luster in, in Europe and even here so much. It's not the thing. So what's, I mean, are, is that going to be effective, do you think? Or do that, does the government or the green wing and the money-making portion of all of that have enough control that they'll be able to squash this? Oh, I don't think so. I think that uh, this is far too large for them to squash. The uh, people have been putting up with this for a very long time. But now I think we're going to see outbreaks of freedom all over the place. Uh, they're not, in other words, it, it may, it's very dark and the future could be very difficult for Europe in general, as well as for North America, but free people are not going to go quietly into the night and accept slavery. That seems to be certain. Well, yeah. it, it, it is interesting. I'm not sure if you read the New York Times article on the German economy, but it, it was hilarious saying the problem with it is they're not going into enough debt. They have this debt break on there. <laughs> and if they could just keep on borrowing more money, uh, it'd be all set. The few bright spots are green technology. That's a bright spot. <laughs> it is the most amazing article I've ever read by by three women who, who clearly have, have Eaten the entire green agenda. I mean, the whole problem is is that uh, we don't have enough national debt. Not enough national debt is what you really need. Yeah, well, that's the uh, that's the media nowadays. Preserve the narrative at all costs. Yeah. It's just all about making making sure that nobody starts to question the nonsense that's been fed. And so, whatever happens, they take out their leftist prism and reinterpret it so that people will not get alarmed and think, wait a minute, maybe a life of eating crickets and living in an apartment <laughs> block that uh, is uh, indistinguishable from all the others and working in some cubicle, maybe that's not really the, the best life. Well, or- what, is their, what is their vision? I mean, if this goes through, okay, so let's say, so we quit having any farming and agricultural stuff produced in, say, the Netherlands, right? So now all the farmers are unemployed and all their families are unemployed and the people who relied on them and lived in their towns and stuff, they're all unemployed. We're going to reduce the population. We're, no, you're not doing it, Julia. We're going to consume less food because they want to reduce the population, population everywhere. Well, but in the meantime, then, too, the, to buy the food, you're going to have to import it. So that's going to be more expensive. Right? I mean, so, I mean, it, do they think that somehow people aren't going to notice that they're unemployed and don't have any money? Or do they just, does it go back to what you said? That's just, they become like the Democrats here are so authoritarian. They're like, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to be poor and unemployed and eating crickets, whether you like it or not. I mean, I don't see how that's yeah. even sustainable. Well, that's the goal. Remember that famous World Economic Forum article that got pulled, but not before a lot of people noticed, you know, the the vision for 2030, you will own nothing and be happy. And so these are authoritarians. They're socialist internationalists who want to establish a situation where everybody is essentially a slave of the state. And equity, egalitarianism is radically enforced by the powers so that all distinctions between people are erased and everybody's equally enslaved. Yeah, except you know, for the guys at the top. It, well, it's amazing that the monarchs are now coming. You know, King Charles III of, of Britain went down for the... Uh, uh, Davos? Da- no, he didn't go to Davos. He went to the uh, meeting Accord. of Climate Accord ones. And they had Queen Juliana, or a new, the new Dutch uh, queen, who is... Telling them, okay, we're going to give you digital passports. It'll be great for tracking your vaccine status. <laughs> you go, oh, great. Yeah, that'd be a wonderful <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that the current crop of monarchs are exact, exactly uh, 
intellectual giants uh, <laughs> if they realize that you know they're just going along with the establishment the establishment right. far left and they don't really understand the implications of what they're getting involved in you know, and speaking, though, about the, the World Economic Forum, I was reading a thing, I think it was in Breitbart that was talking about one of their main concerns this year is misinformation um, and so that we need to crack down. And I know we kind of chuckle at that, but I, I kind of fear going into the 2024 election cycle and look at the developments with AI and, you know, people hate Elon Musk and Twitter. And now you've got everybody in the world. And I know in other countries, it's even worse than it is in this country. Um but I mean, I, to me, that's alarming that now they're turning their sights. They're kind of backing off the green agenda a little bit and realizing, oh, we got to take a step back and we got to censor everything. Well, this is something that the Biden regime has wanted to do for years. Remember, yeah. they started that disinformation governance board yeah. a few years yeah. back, and that was within the Department of Homeland Security, which was quite ominous because it suggested that those who were spreading what the regime said was disinformation would be considered terrorist threats. And they only backed off because they got such an avalanche of negative publicity about it. But yeah. it doesn't it's not as if they've suddenly decided that they're really Jeffersonian Democrats who believe in a free society. These people are authoritarians. They want to quash dissent and they're going to keep on trying. And this is, I think, the fundamental issue of our time. And yeah. if we had an opposition party worth its salt in the United States, today, yeah. It would yeah. be making this front and center issue and right. talking about the importance of freedom of speech and the right to dissent. But that's not even on the radar for Trump or anybody else who is the the the, the left's great enemy. Conversely, the, the ones that they do not want to ban or otherwise prohibit is queer ideology. And so you know, incredibly graphic ones for boy is blue and are red and are, you know, people throwing up. Um, but then they go, book banning, book banning. They go, no, we just don't want it in the kitty library. You know, they go, oh, no, you're banning books. We are we are the great people for, for books and ideas. I mean, they say that unashamedly, unashamedly. It's very cynical, but they're just trying to win over the uninformed yeah. The people who are busy with their lives and they don't have time and they're not even interested enough to study the news. And so they tend to the left because it's all around us everywhere in the air we breathe all the time. And they get told, oh, these terrible right wingers want to ban books. Oh, well, we can't have that. And they <laughs> look into the fact that these books are pornography and it's stuff that right. you wouldn't you would be. I mean, if, if we went back to 1975 and okay. said the left is fighting to have hardcore pornographic books put in little school libraries they'd be arrested right. it, would, it wouldn't be even an issue up for debate but they've they've learned very cannily the art of propaganda and that's what they use and that's what that's what that whole book banning thing is it's just a propaganda line that bamboozles people you know, and Charlene has a question. We'll get to that in one second, but I want to just one more question on this kind of line of thought. What do you think? One of the things that worries me is the, the indoctrination of young people who actually don't believe in free speech anymore, right? I mean, and I think it started with talking about bullying in schools, which who would be for bullying in schools? But all of a sudden, it's like all kinds of things are bullying that you wouldn't necessarily think. And so it's like you can't talk this way. And now you have all these young people who think that they have a right to not be offended and that, that actually I mean, you look at some of the surveys of young people, and it is astonishing to me how many of them think you actually 
don't have the right to free speech. And, and I think that's been anymore. I think it's another part of their strategy because, you know, you only have old people like us saying, oh, wait, we should have free speech. And people are like, no, you should just have to say whatever I think you should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big, the canniest, cleverest aspect of the left's propaganda in this line was the invention of hate speech. The yeah. whole idea that there is something called hate speech that we have to fight against. When really hate speech, you know, if 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 you ask a communist, hate speech is capitalist. If you ask a capitalist, hate speech is communist. It's right. just whatever the person in power dislikes is hate speech. And so it's a very insidious concept because it does fool people into thinking, well, of course, yes, I'm against hate. Why we have to have that outlawed. And right. yet they don't realize what a subjective grab bag kind of concept it sure. is. Yeah. Right. And this is from Charlene. Is it possible that the World Economic Forum and Davos are behind Israel's attacks on Gaza and now taking out the Middle East? The international bankers are maintaining control. That's who the World Economic Forum, the old ruling monarchs in Europe and of Davos are. What do you think of that? I think that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's uh, a no, Charlene, I guess. <laughs> that's a no, Charlene. <laughs> the World Economic Forum is part of the globalist establishment with the United Nations, the European Union, the Biden administration, and so on. And they're all against Israel. Okay. Uh, we were just talking about Biden giving $10 billion to Iran, paying lip service to being pro-Israel. The, the, the European Union, of course, is very much against Israel. So is the United Nations even worse. Yeah. Uh, has a standing agenda item about the alleged ills of Israel. And so we're supposed to believe that now these globalist entities are working to help Israel against Hamas in Gaza. So that means that Gaza are the freedom fighters. No, these are no, it's the other way around. It's the other way around a little bit. Murder of, of innocent people. <laughs> well, let, let me just find what are what kinds of things I know today you had two different columns up. I read PJ Media and you had the one, then you had the other one of what just a final question. What what kinds of stuff are you working on and where can people go to get more of your 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 wisdom. writing, your wisdom? Uh, I'm at jihadwatch.org and that's updated every day with jihad related news from around the world. And at Jihad Watch RS on Twitter, and I got 27 books out, including a new one, Empire of God, How the Byzantines Saved Civilization. And those are all at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and wherever good books are sold. <laughs> there you go. All right. I haven't heard somebody standing up for the Byzantines in a long time. Even the <laughs> word. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll love to. All right. Robert, thank you so much Thanks, for Robert. your time. All right. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Um, and there, and Charlene is saying, I'm not anti-Muslim. Okay. Well, that was, I mean, it was it's a question is you got to wonder it anymore. It's not an, an unreasonable question. It's like, no, what all is the world? Charlene you know? likes to shake it up. I love that about her. And, and it's, um, you know, I mean, the world economic, you know, you'd think, well, they couldn't be behind that. And you turn around like they are behind that, yeah. right? It's like, so that's never, never too far to, to too, too far a reach there. Um, speaking of, you know, that you never know when people are making it up. I wanted to get into, I don't know if you guys have been reading about or following um, Darren Beatty at Tucker Carlson and Revolver.News, the Gateway Pundit, Julie Kelly, all of these guys have been focusing in on focusing in on on January 6th. You may have forgotten because the FBI and their and their zeal to hunt down every grandmother whose cell phone area code showed up in Washington, D.C. on January 6th um, has completely forgot about the fact that somebody planted not one but two pipe bombs 
right? One outside the RNC and one outside the DNC. And there've been a lot of people asking questions, why do they not seem to care about that? And some new video- Well, did. They put it on a reward, $100,000. Right. And there's so some new, Darren Beatty has gotten his hands on some video, some of the surveillance video that is slowly but surely dripping out from January 6th. And the bottom, and we're going to play some of it for you, but just the bottom line thing is Tucker Carlson says- is it possible that the United that the that the government, the deep state, actually planted the pipe bombs all in an effort to sort of fuel the whole Fed surrection kind of thing? Um, and so, what we're going to play are three different pieces of video, wow. and in them, Darren Beatty does a good job going through. So you're going to see a guy in a backpack. That guy, as it turns out, is an undercover metropolitan police officer. Okay, and he's going to go up and talk to Secret Service and Capitol Police and go, "Ah, hey, there's a pipe bomb over there," and th- and then just watch what happens after he does that. Okay, so if we could please play Thomas Pipe Bomb Number One. See this guy in a backpack come into frame at around 105. What he does is he first approaches a car, which is a Metro PD car, talks to the driver's side in the window for a while, then moves to the other side of the window, and then eventually moves and chats with somebody in a black SUV, which is a secret service car chatting with secret service. In fact, We've learned through multiple sources that the Metro PD was part of that Secret Service detail. Why was the Secret Service there? We'll get to that in due course. But the guy finishes talking to the SUV and then leaves the frame. What the individual in the backpack is doing is alerting the Metro PD and the Secret Service of the fact that there is a pipe bomb just feet away that was planted by the park bench outside of the DNC. So when you, and we're going to show another videotape. So the pipe on Missoula, you see the black car is parked there, right? And then there's some bushes here. And Spitting the, difference away. The pipe bomb is under a bench, not hidden or anything like that. Now, Okay, so then he'll get to this here, but Kamala Harris bizarrely is there. You'd think she would have been at the Capitol on the day they were certifying her as the newly elected vice president. But no, for whatever reason, she decided to go hang out at the DNC. Now, keep in mind, this is also right after they found a pipe bomb under similar circumstances. Again, an undercover cop found it. Okay. No, the woman. woman. Well, undercover woman. Yeah. So cops can be women. Um, And so you'd think. Undercover woman. You'd think, oh, you'd think that there would be some. Some sort of alarm or something like that, but you, you could she, see she wasn't an undercover woman. She now is working for Problem, which which deals with disinformation. Oh well, yeah, because we sure can't have that. So, and and, and this by Darren Beatty and Tucker Carlson talk about the fact that that they just said, oh my God, you know, we know we're worried. Everybody's on hyper alert because of this the Trump rally going on. We just had this election. Kamala Harris is literally right inside that building. And no one like seems to. I mean, pipe bombs are notoriously unstable, right? I mean, that's why they. Well, have, they're intended to go off. They're intended they have timers to- on them and and everything else, so you don't know where that. I mean, you either have a remote uh, oh, detonation thinking, or you have a, a mercury a, switch. A timer. Usually a timer these days. You can have mercury switch right. if somebody moves it. They're notoriously like unstable. Yeah, yeah. So, but nobody seemed to care, right? So now let's play pipe bomb video number two, please. The first thing that will strike you as remarkable is just how utterly unconcerned both the Metro PD and the Secret Service are about being informed that there was a pipe bomb literally within feet of them 
and within feet of their protectee, who was VP-elect Kamala Harris. You'll notice if you watch from approximately 107 to 109 in the timestamp, utterly lackadaisical, utterly unconcerned, takes them minutes to even get out of their vehicles, at which point they're just kind of lingering around, uninterested, unconcerned. So it's just bizarre there. No one bothers to go and say, he said he found a pipe bomb over there. Maybe let's go see if he found a pipe bomb over there. What's a pipe bomb? Let's pick it up. Never mind the fact that the whole area should have been swept. I mean, the pipe bomb was just laying there, right? That it should have been swept because- It's not in a knapsack. It's just looking like a pipe bomb. And and so Kamala Harris is there. They should have done a sweep of the building. I'm sure they were doing, theoretically, sweeps of the building too. But And even Dan Bangina was like, "There, there is no- decent explanation for this. If you walk up to a Secret Service guy and particularly you identify yourself as an undercover cop and say, hey, there's a pipe bomb right there. And they're like, okay, hey, dude, we're, you know, I don't know what we're, we're talking. Good song on the radio. Yeah, good song on the radio or something like that. Um, and, and this whole lackadaisical, it gets even worse here too. So Thomas, if we could please play pipe bomb number three. They allow a group of children cross the street in the direction of the pipe bomb and allow the children to walk within feet of the park benches where the pipe bomb was planted. The Secret Service agent as well is walking right with the children within feet of this bomb. Then, about a minute later, a Capitol Police officer walks even closer to the bomb, takes a picture of it, gives a thumbs up sign, leaves, after which point the Metro PD car the Secret Service car leave, and then the video is over. I mean, it's just it's just insanity. And now we've got some of the comments here. Um, it's from Sandra. You mean like they planned the January 6th insurrection? Yep. Dan Bongino talked about this several days in a row. From Charlene, it took three years to find out that pipe bombs were propaganda. The bigger lie is that the it's more it's believed. I don't believe these images they sold us hook, line, and sinker. From Sandra, Dan Bongino said that the pipe bomb actually had an egg timer similar to the ones yes. the Secret Service used in training. Yeah, 60-minute Le- timer. Leo points out it's always better to hide a pipe bomb in plain sight. Yeah. <laughs> Rip the timer. And then, and Charlene is saying, we got to be questioned basically a question all all kinds of you know you mm-hmm. can't believe anything you read anymore and jacob has his hand up hey jacob go ahead jacob jacob okay hey jacob if you do, if you want to come on and unmute yourself or if you need to rejoin go ahead and do that so this raises obviously the question right I mean, it doesn't take, you don't have to be a a criminal justice expert to understand that this is not the typical reaction to pipe bombs. Life-threatening circumstances of being being right next to a bomb that could blow up. Right next to a bomb that could blow up, right? These guys are cool under action. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like Dan Bongino said, they're trained to not panic, but this is like taking a look. Okay, I'm here now. I think the biggest story in the last seven days, and of course it was dropped on a Friday afternoon, was the University of Michigan's expert on voting systems where he could hack into the Dominion uh, machine right. with, within five minutes using a pencil. Right. Yeah. I saw all that. Right? Now, of course, they're not reporting that, but if this, if this all comes out true, then why did Fox News uh, pay Dominion all that money? 
Well, lawsuits are, well, you know, Fox News, I got my questions about it sometimes anyway. Lawsuits are lawsuits and sometimes you settle, right? But also, I mean, they've been lying to us for years, Jacob. I think if we knew then what we know now, and I'm going to get, because your question kind of ties into why on earth were they having this pipe on there in the first place, right? What what, what what could possibly the motive be? But I think you're right. That's getting buried. Um, You know, what he, I I read that. He showed it. He did. Demonstrated on the floor that wherever it was. Love, Jacob, yeah, reason, we have the we have the gold standard. You keep forgetting that, you know. I know, I know, I know. But the thing is, is that the other reason bought. that we didn't know the reason we didn't know about this before was because the pre- previous judge had sealed those records, right? Yes. And, and then this judge unsealed them. Why would a judge do that? You got to ask I yourself. Don't I don't know. No, Jacob. Good point. That is a huge story. Yeah. Um, there's so much news yeah. to get to. Well, here is why. Then Bye. so you got to ask yourself why would they number one be have a pipe bomb there? Ignore it. I think the clear implication is that they it was probably one used for training that that they knew it was planted there, and so they knew that it wasn't going to blow up. So you know, so the whole thing was going to be used for propaganda. But then you got to ask the question: Why would they want to do that? Really? Why would they not be making a big deal about it? And why? Did they make an initial big deal about it and then it went away and the conservative treehouse sundance um and one of their uh listener i guess readers has a theory to, that to me makes a lot of sense that they did not want people like jacob or like other people talking about dominion voting machines they didn't want people talking about election issues there were remember on that day trump was already raising this right, right. and they were going to be certifying the vote and they're going to have debate and they were going to have debate and they were going to have people making speeches. They did not want anyone talking about election integrity on that day. Mm-hmm. So they had a two part plan. They had the actual Fed surrection where. And I, you can never count on the Fed surrection. You no, know, people might. Ray not, Epps did a bang up job on that one. Right. You, but you couldn't have known how it was going to be. So they didn't know if they were going to be able to use that as an excuse to close the Capitol. So they had this pipe bomb thing set up and Kamala Harris is there. And these pipe bombs could be used as a reason to have to evacuate the Capitol. What happens then is because we have to certify the election, right? It triggers an emergency process that which they, which they did, which is what they did that allows no debate. Because the Fed's direction went off so well that they didn't have to use the pipe bomb, which is plan B. Right. The- Find the pipe bombs, emergency um, but but they didn't have to do it. At least that's the theory, and it seems like a good one. It seems to me to make sense, right? They needed at all costs to prohibit and ban and censor, and they keep it up, right? Election denier, election denier. Like you said, Jacob, they they sealed that that testimony. Why right. don't they do that, right? They cannot have anyone questioning the results of the election for obvious reasons. And so they weren't sure if the rally, so to speak, was going to turn into an insurrection. And just in case they need to do evacuate the Capitol under one way, shape or form. So Nancy Pelosi could then go ahead and use the emergency reason to just certify the election. Right. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and they've been maintaining them. And then since the pipe bomb one is pretty easily disputed, they don't even you would think they would kind of want to wrap it in to the whole thing, too. Well, right? Sure. They don't you even you want say to this that. is not an insurrection. They weren't armed. They planted bombs. Mm hmm. Exactly. This is what an insurrection is, and they plant bombs. And I think the whole thing is just so weak um, that the whole. Well, they also point out that the the first bomb discovered was by the woman over at the RNC. Except there's an alleyway next to the to the uh, Capitol Hill restaurant. You know, there's nothing for you to go. Oh, oh, this is intended for the RNC, and go. I know. We better look over at the DNC. 
right, right. Oh, there's one too. I mean, you lucky. Yeah. It's so it's just the whole thing and, and the lies fall apart and this is coming out more and more now, but you haven't seen any of this in the corporate media. You haven't even seen that. I don't think on Fox, right? I don't well, think they've even they're the corporate it. media. Right. Okay. Then want to move on. So just want to keep you up, up to speed on that. You have a, a three pipe bomb. I had, I had played the third video. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So, so that's that. And we'll keep you kind of up to speed on that. I doubt that we will ever get to the truth of it. As you said, though, kind of like some of the, the Hunter Biden laptop thing, the IRS stuff, the going way back to the Hillary Clinton stuff, there had to be a bunch of people who were at least aware that something was not right, which once again makes me think these organizations are corrupt pretty much through and through. And if you're a good man or woman inside of these agencies, you don't dare speak up because no. of the corruption is so high. So mm. we just need to get rid of the FBI. Um, we also need to get rid of some Supreme Court justices. And I'm kind of kidding on that. I don't know if you okay. heard. So Texas saying that, you know, that the by the federal government is not doing its job to protect the border has been Texas has been doing its job to protect the border. Um, so they put up razor wire along sections of the border. Um, so that yeah, people... uh, which borders usually have, because then if they're not, then it's not a border. Right, exactly. And so one of the um, the federal government, the Biden administration sued, went straight to the Supreme Court. No, no, no. They went down the district. They, no, they, they didn't they go straight. Court. But... No, it went out of the proper road. Okay. Well, but what I mean is quickly. It went yeah, it went to, very quickly. Went quickly up to the Supreme Court, who ruled today, five to four, that federal agents can go in and cut the razor wire. Basically, they ruled against Texas, right? It's insane. And Amy Comey Barrett, now John Roberts isn't a surprise, really, is Amy he? Amy Comey Barrett's not a surprise. I mean, uh, no. from the beginning, I thought she'd be a weak sister. Yeah. And so they ruled. So, I mean, I'm guessing that I haven't read the decision yet, and you're you're the lawyer, but I'm guessing it had something I'm coming. I'm sure they had a decision or not. I just ruled, you know. Just, okay. Okay. But my, my guess is if you're Amy Comey Barrett, you're right. What? This is federal, federal. pay. Federal. You know, we can't have the well, states interfering with the federal. She technically, as I understand it, they didn't issue a ruling ruling. They just said that the for, for on a temporary basis, the federal government can go in and cut the wire. That's so now, you know, and here's what I think. I think if you're Texas, let's pretend that we're Democrats for a change. And that's just hey! know, and go ahead and say, um, no, we're going to put more wire back up. Right. Yeah. We're going to listen to you. Right. It's like. You know, that's what the Democrats do. Joe Biden, the Fed, they say you can't do student loan stuff. He's like, yes, I can. Watch. You know, Barack Obama, you can't do this. You can't do that. Sure, we can. Watch. <laughs> right. It's, you know, uh, Jared Polis, you can't, you know, go around Tabor. Sure, we can. <laughs> just watch. Right. I think if Texas, do you think they'll do that? Or you think they'll just, why not? I mean, personally, I got to wonder if it is not sort of coming to that. I mean, what do we do if they put Donald Trump in prison, right? Or in jail? We'll throw you in jail. Yeah, well, yeah. There's that. There is that. <laughs> what are they going to do? We're going to throw you in jail. There you, you go. You and Rev would be there. So, so I, I, I just think that was. Let's visit you, Julie. Yeah, really. And <laughs> you'd be like, you'd be like, we're watching football, mom. Um, can't visit you. And then from Charlene, yes, Julie, it's coming to that. At at a certain point, when you have corrupt justice and judicial systems, uh, you know, they talk about jury nullification. Um, I think there's such a thing as citizen nullification. Um, and then back to then the other big news of the day for the last, we've got about 10 we minutes here. Um, Ron DeSantis dropping out. Oh, no, no, say it ain't true, say it and ain't true. And endorsing Donald Trump. Yay, yay. Um, now, I, I'm not, this is what I think happened. And then you say, and you guys weigh in on what you think happened. I think that Ron DeSantis, number one, his probably the biggest reason he got out is that people who are donating to his campaign are getting out. 
right? I think candidates tend to keep running as long as people give them money, right? Now, Vivek Ramaswamy was largely self-funded, right? So it was yeah. easy for him to make that decision. I'm not giving myself any more money. <laughs> His wife is like, no, honey, I'm not, honey, not yeah. giving but you any more we're money. We're rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we have a lot of campaign ads that we can show our kids. They um, can eat those. Um, so I think that probably the the donors dropped out at the Ron DeSantis thing. Well, he had to get out sometime. And I right. think he didn't want to get out, you know, and he, he was doing so terrible in New Hampshire. He wasn't doing any better anywhere else. Um, so it's it probably a propitious time to do it. Well, and I think that also he's watching Vivek Ramaswamy getting hugged and cheered and all of this right, stuff at the yeah, Trump yeah. campaign. He's like, wait a minute, I'm the heir apparent. Yeah. So I need to, I don't see Trump hugging Ron DeSantis very much. That like, would be a good, that'd be a, a two, two big guys hugging, not hugging <laughs> But But anyway, I think he got out. Ban that in children's libraries. And, we got a picture of that. And so now Nikki Haley is like, you know, um, all happy. But I, I don't think, I think if you're a Ron DeSantis supporter, for the most part, yes, you're a never Trumper, but I don't think you're going to be Nikki Haley. I mean, all this information is coming about out about the Democratic donors supporting her. Mm -hmm. She's playing these weird race cards. She's like, you know, illegal immigrants aren't criminals. Um, all of the stuff she's saying is clearly aimed at Democrats. So I don't know. What do you think DeSantis dropping out? What's it do for her? No, I don't. I think people said they really did it so Trump would have a better chance in New Hampshire to kind of kill her, her prospects in New Hampshire if she was going to make a possibility of, of you know maybe a close vote. Uh, he only had six percent, so and and a certain amount would go to her, but more of his supporters would go to Trump. Um, I think. I mean, I don't know, but he's right. endorsed Trump. Um, so I think he said, okay, you know this. This is a bad trip. <laughs> right. Well, and I think if you're Ron DeSantis, um, and then actually the social media stuff, and here's where I want to say about this, is somewhat being nice, saying thank you for coming back in the fold, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, I think he's preserving his right to run in, in 20, in the next election, right? But don't forget, we need to remember, Ron DeSantis is not an America first guy. Ron DeSantis was bad. American by, billionaire guy. By, it was bad by all the sea. American billionaire guy. Right. All the people. So it's not like Ron DeSantis had a, oh, I just woke up and saw the light and I am actually. So don't forget that Ron DeSantis was a, a traitor, basically, to the cause. Yeah. Right. He was bought and paid for. And the same donors. Good Sundance pointed that way early. I oh, mean, yeah. really early. And you and I were both going to go, no, Ron's a good guy. No, he right. won't do that. And then he came out and said, well, how did I know that? He said, because I saw the people who were going to be his consultants, and they all were big donor people. Right, right. And we've got Sherry from Lakewood Online 1 with a different topic. Sherry, you always have great topics, so go ahead. Thank you for calling in. Welcome to the show. Hi, this is just a little bit further back from today. That's okay. Um, so you were talking about intelligence agencies. I wanted to remind you that uh, U.S. intelligence agencies couldn't spot on Trump. So they had to have the other five I nations do it and then yeah. give them the information. Right, right. So five eyes is an agreement between British colonies and former British colonies to share right. intel with each other. Right. So Charlene, back in November, asked this question that I thought was great. And she said, what if the old ruling classes of Europe never gave up that they did? So regarding what she said today, I want to point out that the United Nations Resolution 181 
is what apportioned some of the land from the indigenous people that have been, li- been living there in what, what's called Israel today. They've been living there for a couple hundred years, and they, the United Nations made it a subject of the intentions of the British monarchy. And under Resolution 181, the British government leased that land to the Rothschild family for 76 years, and it expired October 31st, 2023. Lady Rothschild sits in the House of Lords, and it's the leading agency behind that Russia gate with all the disinformation about Trump being the Russian puppet. Right. Okay. So it was meant to target both Putin and Trump. And they're already saying now that the Russians are already trying to fix the elections again. But also, did you see where Dershowitz, he acknowledges that his association with Epstein, which began through an introduction by Lady Rothschild, due to Epstein's contributions to Harvard. So um, this year... February 23rd, 2023, we saw the incorporation of Israel as a state under companies House of London. So, you know, it's not, how can I say this? It's not, it's like with us, you know, I don't, I'm not deep state, but a lot of America sure is. I'm not so sure a lot of Israel isn't also deep state. Well, and are you saying too, and showing... Always makes good points too. Interesting points. Interesting points. Well, not, not always, always good, but always, always interesting. Always, you don't always agree with everybody, with anybody. But I think so. What you're saying is, when you look at it, it is not beyond the realm of possibility that all of these people, the Rothschilds, the World Economic Forum, are somehow or another playing us all with the events going on in the Middle East. Yeah, because in the original agreement with Britain. Britain retains the legal right to place someone on the throne in Jerusalem still. So the the only people that that have the current right to do that in Israel are the Brits. Yeah. Well, and and Charlene is saying Israel is a deep city. Hey, listen, we're going to have to go, um, Sherry. But great call as always. Always interesting. Yes, and you're not. Charlene is saying Sherry knows. Don't necessarily agree. But always interesting. All right, Sherry, thank you so much. Thanks, Sherry. Everybody, that's going to wrap it up. Thank thank you. That's going to wrap it up for us today. Obviously, Wednesday, we're going to have results from New Hampshire. See what that brings, right? Hopefully, a double-digit Haley loss. No, no, they're going to use a diminutive machines, and some guy's going to go in there with a pen and change everything at the last minute. Thank you to Robert Spencer, everyone on Zoom. Love, Robert. Yep, you can catch all of our shows at chuckandjulie.com. Thank you to the great guys at BBS, and we will see you on Wednesday. We'll see you Wednesday, hump day, and then... Party Friday.